It's time to put on those oven mitts because it's time to bring the heat with Christian Brown. And welcome to Bringing the Heat. I'm your host, Christian Rao, and we are back for another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days. And we are talking about the World Series champions of the Los Angeles Dodgers today. And we have one hell of a guest on today. Clint Pasillas is on from Blue Heaven, a Dodgers podcast. Man, they have a great setup, a great podcast. And oh, I, I'm, I'm in love with the setup already, Clint. I was just talking about the beginning of the podcast here, but glad to have you on. Blue Heaven is the official podcast of Dodgers Nation, and it's new live streams every Monday on YouTube, and you can find it on Twitter as well. Hey, Clint, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Like, like I said, just before we came on here, before this became real, uh, you know, doing these sorts of things means uh, the baseball season is here, and that gets me stoked. Yes, yes, that's exactly true. We are days away now from opening day. Cannot wait for April. April's my favorite month of the year and headlining of the reasons why is MLB is finally back in full swing. And with that being with the the season opening on April 1st, honestly, you kind of feel like, are they, are they, am I getting punked? Is this a joke? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully it's not a joke. Hopefully what they're saying, we're going to have opening day. We're going to have 162 games, not any of that 60 game swings that we had last year, we're going to have a full season and there's a lot to talk about moving on to 2021 with a full 162. How are players going to react to going from 60 to 162 back to the normal, back to that normal playoff swing. And maybe I'll hear your expectations at the end. Are we going to see a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers back in the fall classic, but let's look back at that fall classic of 2020 and that entire heavenly season for the Dodgers. What a great year for them. Obviously picking up a guy like Mookie Betts, what a game changer that guy is arguably, you know, you could make the argument. He's the best player in the game. I know Mike Trout fans will probably argue the other way, but it's hard to say that he's not the best player in the game. Take me back to 2020, Clint. You know, it's funny uh, on that Mookie note, uh, the Mookie versus Trout note. I've had a few people ask me about this in the past, like, like who's the better player and, Sure. When you look at the stats and you look at all the numbers on the back of the baseball card, you can't not say that Mike Trout is just he's otherworldly. But there is something about being able to guide your team to a postseason and to winning in a postseason. And you know what? Michael Trout has not done that. So Mookie Betts, man, he might be the best player in baseball because you can't just jump ship from from a, a, you know, a sinking Boston organization and then come over to L.A. and then, oh, They've been trying to do this now for 30 some odd years and eight you know, the last eight years. And all right, let's just do it. Let's just get it done. But um, just wanted to do that note on on Mookie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, MLB.com did still give the number one nod to Mike Trout and gave number two to Mookie. I remember that just a few weeks ago, as soon as spring training started. But as much as I, I like Mike Trout, Mike Trout, obviously a great player, but it's hard for me to to agree with that statement. I think Mookie is the number one guy. And I think we're going to continue to believe that as we roll on the 2021, but what yeah. you think about this world series victory, obviously you said 30 years in the making, you finally got it. You got yeah. guys like Kershaw stepped up. Walker Bueller was fantastic. And obviously Mookie Betts was outstanding. How'd you feel about finally getting that back under your belt? I mean, you look at all the storylines that come along with it. The season gets shut down. It nearly doesn't come back because, you know, MLB and the players and the owners can't quite figure things out, pull their heads out of there. You know where? I don't know how much we can curse on this podcast. but Bring the um, heat, buddy. Bring the heat. 
<laughs> Lily's mother. For, no. <laughs> but um, but but to, to come together and and for one to watch the baseball season, uh, not knowing what the hell is going on, to put together a pretty damn good product in uh, in uncharted waters with you know this pandemic going on, and you know there was sure there was a lot of stumbles at the start, but. Uh, ultimately it all came together for a good fun quick season i'm sure a lot of people enjoyed the 60 60 game season over a full 162 i'm an og guy give me the full season make, make me feel that pain in the middle of the season like this is still <laughs> happening yep but yeah getting into the playoffs man like you, you had really for dodger fans you had everything you wanted there you 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 had you you stomped on on the uh you know upstart padres there uh, ruining their their fan bases hopes and dreams of, of saying oh we're the best team you know all these fans that have been lifelong fans since july of uh 2020 um and then you you get your ass handed to you by the braves for the first four games because this is your first time really playing legitimate competition all season long you you had you had the the, the regional schedule and there weren't there aren't that many great teams in the west let's be real so yeah the bravos came out punched them in the teeth but uh you know it, that made for for a, a better i don't know if it's a cinderella story but it at least made for a better story uh for for fan base and and just for baseball fans or getting new fans in and uh you know world series i think it was a, a good fun even match another thing you know if you're always trying to get fans uh, new fans involved in the game I don't think you could point to a much better, uh, you know, display than what happened in the 2020 World Series with I agree. <laughs> that game four, that nightmare oh. for Dodgers fans. Like I look back at it now, we won. I look back at it now, it's like you know what? That was that was awesome. That was fun. That that was really good, ba like fun baseball, nightmare baseball to watch. Uh, that people are like, oh, oh crap, this isn't this is not just some boring thing my grandpa watches. This this dude that nobody knows comes off the bench and and pokes one you know to center field and this this other guy's eating shit trying to score <laughs> and then he, he eventually scores it's, it's great but you know to finally awkwardly hoist that trophy again after uh 32 seasons um very deserving <laughs> uh fan base got what they wanted uh I'm, I'm an old guy here i'm 35 so that's my the first like real world series i was i would know uh, which makes it that much sweeter for me. And, and, you know, like you had mentioned the podcast side of things being, being in it with the fan base every day. Um, all of it just leads up to, to a really fun, sweet season. And, uh, and now we got to hear the idiots saying, Oh, it doesn't count. It's 60 games. Well, it counted when, when you guys were playing or you're in the hunt or <laughs> when you made it to the NLDS Padres fans. <laughs> right. Exactly. I believe that. Just yeah. A lot, of people, a lot of people would ask me that question and be like, well, does this World Series get an asterisk because it's 60 game? No, they they won it. They still won it in the series. The teams made it there. No way. Uh, there's if no anything, way. Yeah. You know the argument with the especially after uh, expanded playoffs, it was, it's harder. You had to win 13 games over 11. Right. Uh, every other team, you know, you they're teams that probably shouldn't be there. Uh, you know, they make it because they don't have to worry about the grind of of a full 162 where you know the Dodgers. Come on, they were going to make the playoffs. That's what they do. They were, yeah, they, <laughs> they were. have they have that roster that's built to do it. I mean, half the roster would be starting, you know, on other teams, but they they might be in the minor leagues here with LA. So, uh, yeah, don't be don't be giving me none of that. 
All right. Yeah. Well, one thing I do have to bring up before we move on is you said you're the old guy at 35. You're probably going to get a couple comments from my listeners because they're not the young bunch either. They're probably going to laugh at you like 35's old my ass. Uh, but <laughs> you're not the old guy, man. You're a young one in this bunch. I'm the young one. I think if anybody, I'm only 28 and that's, uh, that's like the youngest in my bunch. Um, but Hey, the 2020, what a great year for the Dodgers. And hopefully that can carry on into 2021. Not much, you know, people leaving a lot of nice additions, but you know, you gave a lot of great things about 2020. And before we move on and look forward to 2021, another hopeful, great season from the Dodgers, you brought, brought a lot of great things to the pod, but what was something disappointing? Let's uh, change it up a little bit. What was, was there something disappointing that stuck your eye um, for the Dodgers last year? Um, I'm probably going to get crap for it just because we, we, we like giving him crap, but uh, All right. Gavin Lux was probably the biggest disappointment of, uh, if you're trying to really nitpick, mm -hmm. uh, you, you went into 2020, there was a lot of chatter surrounding this kid people asking him like are you going to be the the rookie of the year this year and him being like oh yeah i could do that i really hope so and i get this opportunity whatever and you know he comes out and hits like a buck 30 or whatever he has one good game i think he dropped like three three bombs in one game or a pair pair of bombs in colorado or something like that but overall just just uh i don't know if i would go uh, bowl or overdone to say an unmitigated failure but was not uh, what anybody expected out of the uh, the wonderkin there in, in Gavin Lux, but you hope he looks at it as a learning experience. But uh, yeah, that might be the biggest one for me. Well, I want to talk more about Gavin Lux as we continue on here. But thirty teams in thirty days with this Los Angeles Dodgers season preview with the one and only Clint Pasias. <laughs> He's from Blue Heaven, the Dodgers podcast the official podcast of Dodgers nation. Hey, let's, before we get over the Gavin Lux in the infield, I want to talk about this rotation. How amazing was this rotation last year? And now you just added a big time star, the NL Cy Young winner of last year, Trevor Bauer, who had a sensational season last year, going from a long way from 2019, throwing the ball in the outfield from Cleveland, moving into Cincinnati, having a great 60 game slate last year. Uh, obviously he didn't pitch 60 games, but that season with the, with the Reds, and now he's going to Dodger Blue, and he's going to be a great piece of this rotation. And obviously, you get David Price back as well after opting out of last year. You still got Walker Bueller, who is amazing. He's just fantastic. Dude throws nails. And Clayton Kershaw, you still can't count him out. Your thoughts about this rotation in general, and uh, where do you see it going? Do you, you see a, a potential NL Cy Young winner on this squad for 2021? Well, you look at at the rotation from last year and it was pretty phenomenal uh, i think the fact that you know i mean bueller was struggling with the blister issues but for the greater part everybody stayed healthy uh, i gave uh, tony gonsolin a, a, an opportunity to straight shine and that dude uh you gotta watch that dude he he, he wasn't his best in the postseason but you have uh you know dustin may plugging in there he he gets that sneaky start on opening day and and you know he does well there but and then you go out, you have this rotation that's already set. You know, you know, uh, David Price is coming back. DP is, I mean, 2012, uh, 2012 Cy guy, um, straight leader of, of any rotation. And then you pick up the, uh, as Bauer calls it, the Mickey Mouse Cy Young Award winner from 2020, Trevor Bauer. You're plugging that guy in. I'll tell you, the Dodgers absolutely did not need Trevor Bauer uh, 
especially for the world se- or sorry for the regular season this, this was a dude that they picked up looking at those those three game sets they look at him this guy as all right what went wrong why did we go down three one three one to the braves it's mm-hmm. because our rotation wasn't set because we had to put you know julio Urias mostly in the bullpen to make something happen back there so now you got a, a bona fide you got legit top three with kirsch bueller and and bauer and, and then you just figure out what the hell you're going to do with the fourth uh that's phenomenal <laughs> that's the funny thing about being a dodger fan though like immediately you just you just look at the postseason that's we're going to get there it's just you can't not get there it's uh i'm sure at some point we're going to you know lose that and we're going to miss that fans won't know what the hell to do but um yeah you're looking at this this rotation and uh coming into this season and it's so ridiculously deep because you know gonsolin won uh, uh the baseball america side uh, not side rookie of the year um nod last year dustin may is a guy who should be in the rotation those are guys that are probably going to be you know seeing time at the alternate site early on and then in the minors potentially or or seeing a lot of time in the bullpen uh, you know, you don't know how many starts Julio is going to be getting out of it. David Price has, has said he's willing to throw in the bullpen. And and there's another guy, you know, you get this kid, Jojo Gray, Josiah Gray. Um, people people want to keep their eye on that kid, man. But you, you got eight deep in, in a world where, you know, some teams are struggling to find that second starter. It's not supposed to be like this for baseball teams. This rotation is only one piece of something that's absolutely sensational about this team. The depth continues into the bullpen, but the guy still leading your anchor is Kenley Jansen. The last time we had a full game 162 slate, he did have eight blown saves out of 41 attempts. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was his worst in any season since being the closer for the Dodgers. He had a great 2020 though. Only 11, he was 11 for 13, only two blown saves. So it looked like he started to make it, bring it back a little bit. I know there were some injury concerns in 2019 with Jansen, but now looking at another full 162 game slate, how do you feel about him still being the anchor for your rotation? I'm sorry, for your bullpen. Well, most of the, uh, the insiders and pundits and whoever you want to call them, uh, if they're looking for one weakness on the team, it's, it's the bullpen and, and more so more specifically, Kenley Jansen. He, uh, He's come into the season. I'll, I'll give him his credit where credit is due. He's coming into spring training so far. He he's looking like nails. He's getting it done. Uh, but he acknowledged what his problems have been. And that's been command. Like he's been all over the place. You look at his, his best stretch of, of games from uh, 2015 to 2017, you know, he, he was walking just a little over a batter an inning or sorry, a batter a game um, while striking out almost 14. And, and, he had that, that injury after getting um, well, really he was, he was running to the ground in 2017 in the postseason. Everybody was, but uh, from 2018 and on, he's, he's doubled his walk rate. He's, he's struggling to keep the ball in the yard and, and he's missing his spots. That's the thing you really notice is, is the, how far the catcher has to move. And I'm somebody who I believe in that stuff. Yeah. Trying to, to hit your spots and nail your spots there. And um if, if, if he's doing what he's saying here, which is trying to focus on his command and uh, you know, he kind of changed up his game plan. I, you know, getting a little ahead here, he's kind of my, my sort of bold prediction in a way for, uh, for this season. I think he, he puts it back together. Dude's 33. 
he has a contract look uh, or this is his contract year he has to look ahead I, I think he figures it out I think he has a uh, I mean he had a quality year last year but I think he gets closer back to that uh, dominant Kenley Jansen that we saw for for about you know well really five years or so I mean I don't think there were very many better in the game than Kenley Jansen and uh, he's still the biggest question mark I will say that I would agree that he was at one point one of the best in all of baseball. Definitely some concerns, but you hit the nail right on the coffin. Oh, man, I'm telling you what, though, this bullpen, if you had to put any weakness spot, I would agree with you. There is, this is probably the weak spot here because it's hard to say that any other position is weak. What about the rest of the bullpen, though, other than Jansen, his supporting cast? What do you like about this? Uh, what about maybe some of the additions they picked up or uh, maybe someone that's been stuck around for a while like Joe Kelly? Yeah, Kelly, I kind of have a running bet saying I don't think Kelly uh, makes it into a game with the team this year. There's, there's, there's just so many uh, quality, talented arms, and it's it's almost too much to say he's a bust, but he's kind of been a bust here with the Dodgers. Uh, numbers have never been pretty. He can't stay on the field. He's always got this all-over body-itis that, that they never want to explain exactly what it is. So he's going to open the season on the IL, but but one of the sneaky good moves they did pull off this winter was going picking up uh, Corey Knable from, from the Brew Crew. I mean, that's a dude who absolutely shoved as recently as 2018. And, uh, you know, the elbow gave out, and then he he's kind of relearning how to pitch again. I mean – that's somebody he's an all-star man. He, if, if Kenley falters, you have a, a bevy of options. You could potentially plug in to be picking up uh, some saves down the road. This team is going to be at its best with Kenley's right, but you, you got him. They re-signed Blake Trinan, who was, who was very fine, if not very good in, in 2020. So you got a couple of dudes who can go out there, let it eat, get some dudes out, pitch even, you know, multiple innings if needed. And, oh, by the way, yeah, the bazooka, Bruce Dark Ratterall, who's, who's going up there just dotting 101 <laughs> past Manny Machado and all this. He, he's, he's a little behind schedule, but you look at those three dudes combined with Victor Mar or, uh, sign up Martinez, Victor, uh, I can't think of his name right now, Victor Gonzalez coming from the southpaw side. You might have David Price there uh, in the bullpen, at least for stretches in there. So it's it's a weird, diverse, you got some slow throwers, you got you got some some uh, kind of, we'll say, uh, gritty, get them out with, with some junk guys with DP or whatever. And and you got the fireballers with, with uh, Blake Trinan, with Corey Knable, with Bruce Dar. It, on paper, you look at the guys, you look at the names and, and you, you knock on wood for, for uh, an average season out of them. It could very quickly become a strength for the team. I love the subtle little slap against the Padres. They're bringing up Machado. Got to always love that <laughs> when it comes to the thing, Dodgers. <laughs> when it comes with the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This rivalry with the Dodgers and the Padres has always been exciting. I was stationed in San Diego when I was in the military for a little bit and Always, you you'd go to Petco Park and you'd see more Dodger blue than Padre blue, mm -hmm. uh, for the most for the most part. To be completely honest, especially back you know when they weren't so great. It might be a little different now, but I would still assume it'd be the same way when fans are allowed back at full capacity. With that being said, I actually had this conversation when I was talking to some of the AL East guys. You know, it's if you ask just a normal Fairweather fan who's the best rivalry in baseball, they'll probably most likely say Yankees Red Sox, mm -hmm. but 
if you're from the West Coast or you know about the, the Western divisions more than others, this Dodgers-Padres uh, rivalry is huge, and it's only getting bigger. What do you think about this rivalry in general? You think it can be more than the Yankees and Red Sox, especially in the next decade to come with guys like Tatis signing huge deals? Yeah, if everybody stays healthy, it's getting there. It's absolutely trending there. As of right now, it's not quite there yet. I mean, sure, by definition, it's a rivalry. Uh, but in the eyes of Dodger fans, uh, I would say the greater majority are saying, like, uh, you get that that annoying little brother feeling when you think of the Padres. You know, they, they're, you're finally good. You tried a couple of years ago, failed miserably, and, and now you're putting the right pieces together. It's going to be fun. I mean, this – Baseball is better when there's competition, when you're fighting for something right. in, uh, in your respective division. And uh, but yeah, no, zero doubt the Padres are good. You hope they stay healthy and you hope you're able to get some, uh, uh, keep that competition going, keep that rivalry going. Because you know the players, especially you know, the type of players that they are. You have Machado, you have Tatis. They're loud, boisterous guys. So, so that's going to rile up players. It's going to rile up the fan base. We still got to see you know, Manny versus Bruce Dar two electric boogaloo and see what happens with that one. Uh, Cause that, that'll be a blast, but it's getting there, man. It, it's definitely getting there. I, I talked to some uh, Padres podcast guy. Uh, he, he'll appreciate the shout out there. A real big, uh, real nice shout out. But anyway, um, I was talking to him about last year, like one of the, the first series where the Dodgers traveled to, uh, to San Diego or Dodger stadium South and, you know, it was just the 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 automated noise and the cardboard cutouts and whatever. But the Padres players, man, you got to give them credit. They they really did bring it. They they lit a fire under the Dodgers' asses, and and uh, you know you got a really good series. You got some intensity out of it, and then it happened later. Uh, you know, happened again later in September. So the these players are straight up going to dictate it. And I I think the Dodgers, you know, for the longest time it's been a lot of ho hum. Like okay, we know we're good. We don't need to. We don't need to show that uh, that we uh, or we just you know let our game I should say let our game speak for itself. We don't need to rise to your level. But in 2020, they saw they saw themselves get beat a couple of times, not rising to people's uh, level like the the way the Braves are. The Braves are were loud. Uh, they had fun and it showed. There's it was a different brand of baseball that that's good for the game, and the Padres are right there too. So I think Dodgers might have be I'll say maybe a little more showy in 2021. I, at least that's what I'm hoping for. I think that, you know, preseason looking forward to opening day, I think that the 19 games between the Dodgers and the Padres are going to be some of the best games in the entire MLB season. But I digress. Let's continue on and let's start talking about these bats. We'll start with this catching position out of the blue. I mean, unless you guys were tracking these guys, but any Fairweather fan that doesn't follow the Dodgers, and that's what I try and, you know, relate to here at bringing the heat to some of these guys that just don't pay attention to teams as closely as I know you do with the Dodgers, but Will Smith, this guy has been absolutely incredible over the past few years. And he is really becoming a star. He's becoming a stud, a top catcher in the entire league. He gets to continue being behind the plate for the Dodgers this year. And he's young too. He's going to be there for a while. Yeah. He was a guy that, uh, you know, the, the prospects uh, people, well, when he was drafted, he was he was a glove first guy. The bat might come along, but prospects people looked at him. It's like his glove is is big league ready now. The bat, we'll see what happens. And he gets to the big leagues, and all of a sudden, you know, granted, it's only ninety games, but he's on like a forty 
you know, 40 home run, 45 home run pace. And, and he's, he's putting up MVP numbers in, in short time. But <laughs> along with that, somehow the glove has kind of uh, regressed. He's still fine, but it, they're working a little bit, you know, funny enough, the, uh, the, the team has placed him in the, the uh, spring training clubhouse with Trevor Bauer and Bauer, you can kind of see them talking about, changing up his game uh you know the more modern way catchers receive the ball staying down pulling up with the ball and all that so maybe, maybe that kind of helps him out trevor bauer you have your uh, ca catching coach there in trevor bauer but um yeah he's really been phenomenal to see grow into this like elite offensive threat at, at the catching position in major league baseball Let's continue on. Obviously, this catching position is going to be fun. Austin Barnes is a really nice backup for you, too, that can you know plug in when needed. But looking at this first place spot, if you just talk about guys that have high volume and high energy, I mean, who's better than Max Muncie? All I think about is telling Bumgarner to go get the ball out of the water of the San Francisco Bay when I think of this guy. What, <laughs> what a player and what a bat for this guy sitting at first base. Max Muncie, dude, that, that guy... He, he's the type of dude that you need. Uh, you just want him as a friend because he knows like, you know, he has your back in any situation, even if you're wrong. Like you want to go to the bar with Max Muncy. There you go. Because you can start some fights. And, and again, it doesn't matter if you're wrong. He's got your back. Uh, you see that you've seen that time and time again uh, with with his teammates. And uh, he's he's sneaky good with the comebacks, too. And at the same time. Dude's just dropping 35 home runs a season when he's right. Last year, he was a little off. He had his wrist broken in summer camp just before the – or a finger broken just before uh, uh, the start of the season last year. So it really threw him off. He, he acknowledged he had like a little bit of a mental hurdle there. But I, I, I have no problem putting uh, Max Muncy up against half the league at first base. I mean, he's no Freddie Freeman, <laughs> but that's a damn good – that's America's slugger, as Joe Davis calls him. And he's, he's a – He's a good dude to have there at one B. Yeah, he hits. Uh, he hits like no tomorrow, and that's right. Yeah, I like that the American Slugger. That's good. Hey, let's go to the other side of the diamond. Uh, we'll work our way around a little differently here, and let's talk about the hot corner. Justin Turner finally comes back after uh, a couple. It didn't seem like there was questions. Would he come back? He got offers from guys like Milwaukee, or I should say teams like Milwaukee. Uh, finally, does get that deal to come back with the Dodgers to continue his you know, his great career with LA. He's getting older though. Yeah. Your thoughts about Justin Turner, where he lays in this rotation, in this lineup and just defensively. Well, JT is one of those dudes. He could just fall out of bed and hit. He could drop you a, you know, a two ninety without even trying. And uh, you know, there was, there was definitely that big worry. It's okay. Now he's 36. Uh, you, you've seen his range and his abilities at, at third base, his throws kind of, uh, you know, severely taper off over the last couple of seasons, but to his credit, he, he put in, he put in good work this off season. He, he lost some weight. He, he worked on some more mobility stuff, uh, which is funny because he was traveling around in an RV with his old lady. <laughs> so I don't know how you really work all that in, but, uh, he, he came into, uh, came into spring training you know, hashtag best shape of my life. And uh, it, it's showing. And he's mentioned that, uh, you know, his whole game plan was to make sure that he could be in there and be available to his team for as many games as, as Dave Roberts uh, pencils him in there. So there was never going to be anybody else at third base. It's, it's Justin Turner's until the day he dies or the day he retires, whichever comes first, 
that's who it belongs to. And uh, he uh, he's old, but us old folks can still get it done. Boom, second old joke in there. There it is. Two in a row. Mark it down. <laughs> hey, for the shortstop position, I might we might hear a little more San Diego Padre banter here, maybe a couple other ones as well. But Corey Seager has become a star in itself. He's had one hell of a postseason, one hell of a regular season. This guy just can't stop doing amazing things. There's always that. And now there's that argument that he is the best shortstop in all of the league. I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about Corey Seager, who is just continuing to just make great success? He's uh, he's he's back to me. That, that's all it is. The guy, the kid has always been one of the most prolific hitters. Bat the ball skills are, are crazy good. When he came back, kind of, you know, he was coming back from, from two major operations. He had his first full season back in 2019. You know, he, oh, whatever, he ho-hum led the league in doubles with, with Anthony Rendon. Uh, and then the next year, he starts popping dingers here in the short season. Uh, he's ready. He's primed. He's, he's back to what he was after, you know, he won that rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, he was a six-win player, six-plus win player. For, for a pair of, you know, all-star seasons, he he's one of the, the reason you don't hear more about him because he's a quiet, he's sneaky, he's smooth about what he does. But I, I would, uh, I would put him in, in, in a batter's box against anybody uh, in any situation. That kid just has one of the prettiest, most smoothest swings. Um, and, and you know what, he's got a chip on his shoulder uh, this season. Not only obviously he has the, the, the contract year, but you know, he's kind of heard the chatter about his defense, his defense at short and uh, all his career. It's, oh, this guy should be playing third base and, and whatever it is. No, he's a shortstop, and he's this season he's here to prove that he's a shortstop. That much further removed from Tommy John, from hip surgery. Uh, do not sleep on, on Corey Seager doing, doing some real damage at the, uh, at the sixth spot there uh, on, on defense. I'm excited to see Corey Seager continue and see if any of that success from the postseason moves on to the regular season of 2021. I left second base on purpose for last. And the reason behind that is we talked about Gavin Lux and the possibility of him being the opening day starter or what goes down with that. You, you said that Gavin Lux had, uh, if anything, the disappointing part of 2020 for the Dodgers. Gavin Lux, is he's set to be your starting second baseman for opening day. Is that correct? And if not, where, where do you see the second base position moving forward for the Dodgers. Well, Gavin absolutely has earned it this spring. He's, he's doing, uh, he's doing everything right They're They're kind of peppering him in a, a little bit at short as well. Dave is, um, but he's hitting, he's hitting, uh, you know, line to line gap to gap. He's hitting you know, with a little bit of pop in there and, and his defense looks good. It looks uh, it's the best that anybody's seen him that I've seen him play at the major league level. He looks smooth. His throws are on point. And um, yeah, he's, he's a kid that, that took, uh, you know, that failure for the first time in his life and, and, you know, internalized it and figured out how to make it work. He put, he put in work all off season or most of the off season at Dodger stadium, working with, uh, you know, coaches, other players, training staff and all that to, to get himself uh, ready to win that, that two B spot for 2021. And he's done that. He's going to run with it. And, Oh, oh, whatever. It's the Dodgers. He doesn't work out. Plug in Chris Taylor. Why not? Or you got a few other guys, Zach McKinstry. He's one of those dudes who's going to be on the bench. Who's also just straight raking. So it's Gavin's, uh, it's Gavin's job. If he loses it, 
I I can't see him. I just I I think he's too he's too locked in right now. He he figured it out. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I always just want to gravitate towards her. But if, but I'm not going to give a but if for Gavin. This is it. He's ready. This is his season. All right. Yeah, losing a guy like Kiki Hernandez definitely does put some sort of hole, especially when it comes to utility. But a guy like Chris Taylor, just like you brought up, is a great utility player as well. He can play a lot of positions. He can play the infield, and he can also play the outfield. And that's what I want to segue to is that outfield. Chris Taylor, A.J. Pollock, Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Betts. That's a fantastic four to fill three spots of the outfield. Obviously, Mookie Betts. We talked about this guy, how amazing he is. Cody Bellinger deserves a lot of credit, too. That guy has had great seasons, fantastic seasons as well. He's been in MVP talks. Um, your thoughts about this outfield and where does that move forward? Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, you have two of those guys in your outfield. It's hard to say that this is a bad outfield, even if you got, you know, Curly Larry or Mo in left field. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do much better than, than being able to plug uh... – Cody Bellinger and, and Mookie Betts in any sort of outfield, but hey, you, you look at AJ Pollock. Dude was was one of the best hitters on the team in the regular season last year. He was tied for the team lead in in, in homers with sixteen, and uh, you know he he knows he's a little bit older and doesn't move as smoothly as he did back in his heyday with Arizona. But uh, I mean, you have somebody who's a former All Star, former former Gold Glove, former I think Silver Slugger. Uh, you have that guy as your oh, whatever. We'll just throw him in left. That's pretty damn. Uh, that's pretty damn good for any team. But uh, I, I'd be hard pressed to find an outfield that could match up as well with the Dodgers. It, you can kind of argue maybe over there in, in New York if they could ever stay healthy. You got some. Uh, you got some boppers that kind of shuffle in around there. But I don't know, man. Something about these Dodgers, without sounding uh, trying to sound too homery, something about that outfield. Well, I'm gonna try and you know, make you more homery here, I think, because right here, I want to know your expectations of the 2021 Dodgers. I want you to put it all together. DraftKings Nation has the 2021 MLB win totals for the Dodgers to have the best record in all of baseball, 101 and a half wins is their win-loss total. I want to know, is that too high or too low? Are they going to hit 101? I guess you'd say 102 if you want to take the over. Uh, and where do you see this team going? You see another fall classic in the book for the Dodgers. Well, I mean, funny enough, I, did, I didn't know uh, the DraftKings had them there at 101 because that, that was my number. I, I, I feel pretty confident they're going to win more than 100 games uh, or more than 100 games. I, I, I don't want to go too high because every time I do, I, I screw up and I usually go too low and then we end up just they, they do much better. So I think 101 is pretty damn fair. Uh, again, more competition. They're, they're facing more teams. They're going to play the Braves a few times. They're going to play the Padres a whole bunch. There's some good teams. Uh, hell, even the Giants might might have some uh, sneaky wins in there. Um, so yeah, I, I'll I'll take I'll take the the one hundred and one honestly, or or whatever. I'll take the over as a as a backup, which is a good way to do it. But um, I I, uh, I mean, in the postseason anything can happen. It's it's easy to say, oh yeah, they're going to be there. No no worries. There's some good teams. There are some damn good teams in baseball and. Uh, and anything can happen at any on any given day. It's any given day here instead of any given Sunday. Uh, you would not be surprised to see somebody sneak up. You know, everybody starts with their ace on on game one. At least you hope so. Um, and you know, you got Blake Snell going toe to toe with Walker Bueller or whatever. That could really go either way. Or 
you know, if, if he's healthy, Denelson Lamette going for the Padres, or, or if you got, um, you know, Mike Soroka is healthy now over there. And I, I think he's Atlanta, right? I don't yep. know. I'm lost right now, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Again, there's uh anything can happen, but you can't not feel good about a team this talented going back to the fall classic. And it's hard to disagree with that, especially the fact that they only really added and a guy like Trevor Bauer. And you said the reason for that addition was mainly for that one, two, three in the playoffs. Hey, before I let you go, I got to know, Clint, you kind of talked about a little bit. I think you talked about Kenley Jansen, if I'm not mistaken, but (laughs) give me a bold prediction for the Los Angeles Dodgers for 2021. Yeah, it's funny. My bold prediction is Kenley Jansen has a good year? (laughs) (laughs) These days, it's been a while. We haven't seen good Kenley since, uh, since 2017. So that would be a, a, a welcome a familiar old face to get back. But that's that's the boldest I got, and it's sort of a positive. And I, don't know, I guess it's just indicative of how good this team is. What would be considered, in your mind, a good season for Kenley Jansen? Uh, putting up another 35, 40 saves, ERA under two, because everybody's going to have their blowups in there. But the big thing is keeping those walks down, get, get closer to you know a walk and a half per nine instead of you know over two, two and a half, whatever it is. If he can keep uh, keep people on the bases honest, um, or get the, let them get on honestly, not be giving away free passes. Uh, he's he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He, he's been his biggest um, uh, issue himself. Has been his biggest issue over these last uh, few seasons of struggle. And there you have it. There's a bold take right there. Kenley Jansen should be good for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey, Clint, thank you so much for joining me here. I'm bringing the heat. That was fun. You got a great podcast yourself over at blue heaven, a Dodgers podcast itself. Tell all the listeners where they can find you and what you got going on. All right, man. Well, I am at real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. I complain a lot on Twitter and I post very little on Instagram. uh, Unless there's a baseball season. We, we do the podcast every Monday night. It's a live stream, so you can join in. You can talk to us, or you can listen to it as a podcast when it, uh, when it drops on Tuesdays. Other than that, we're, we're writing. We're humping and making things happen over at DodgersNation.com. That's the thing that pays the bills for us. So uh, check out the website. Keep up with uh, your Dodger Blue all championship season long. <laughs> and you can find them on DodgersNation.com forward slash Blue Heaven. Hey, Clint, thank you so much for joining me. That will wrap it up here for this episode of Bringing the Heat. The 30 teams in 30 days, World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers season preview. We're getting closer, everyone, to opening day. April 1st is right around the corner. So until then, we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of Bringing the Heat. Take care.